Hi, I'm Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> and I'm Shannon Payne. And we're really excited. It's so good to be back every week just talking about new stories. Mm-hmm. This week is lovely. Yeah. It's It feels right. This should be coming out sometime around February. Mm -hmm. So just love is going to be in the air. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we'll be talking about this week is I will be talking about it goes by several different names. Mm -hmm. Um, I titled mine the red thread of fate, but it also goes by the red string of fate. It goes by the red string of marriage. I heard so many different things as a name for this, but I... I'm sticking for the most part with the red thread of fate just because that's where I saw it the most. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I'm talking about this platonic theory. Platonic, by the way, is what you call stuff that Pluto talked about. Sorry, that Plato talked about. Just fun. Um, um, And he kind of invented like or coined the term platonic love. I'll talk to you about that later. But I'm talking about this platonic theory that comes from... um, the symposium okay where he asks all his buddies to talk about love and one of them explains um a theory of soulmates i don't want to get too into it i'll give it away but that's fair so we're both kind of talking about um soulmates people, people who, who are, are meant, meant to be, be together yes mm-hmm. <laughs> sweet <laughs> I, very when harry met sally actually very anything meg ryan is in yes <laughs> i must believe in soulmates because every movie of hers is just yes it warms my heart mm-hmm. it's so much fun Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, do we want to start with the red thread of fate today? Let's do it. Okay. So this is beautiful. So I'm going to kind of get into a description of what the red thread of fate actually is. So it is a belief that there are people in this world that are destined to be in each other's lives. Um, You're tied together by this invisible red string. So you can't see it. The person you're tied to can't see it, but it's there. Okay. Um. And then these two people are connected together by a higher power at birth with this string. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's regardless of time apart, space, distance between you, any forks in the road that you take. By the end of all of this travel, your string remains intact. It just bends and winds with you. It may become a tangled up mess, but at the end of it, never doesn't ever break. It always remains intact. And it continues to bind the paths of these two people just irrevocably together. That's really lovely. Right? I'm so excited. It's kind of beautiful because even in the mess of life, like I know sometimes, I don't know, in my 20s, I was especially, that's the word I'm looking for. Life was crazy. Life mm-hmm. felt messy and everything felt tangled up. And I was like, what's the point of all of this madness and insanity? And why do I feel like I love this person and we're going through all of this and then we don't work and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or like life takes a crazy turn in another way. And I just feel like everything in my life that I wanted is going off course. But this like this kind of beautiful thing of it doesn't matter how twisted or crazy or wild everything gets at the end. Everything's intact. And this path that you're meant to be on, this person that you're meant to find is still there. And it's. I I don't know. It's beautiful. Would have been cool of the string to be visible, maybe, and say this a lot of and bullshit. I just pull on it and just like get there faster. <laughs> it seems really handy it to does. have a string attached to your future. If right. you could just grab on and go. Even better than a rule book. All I have to do is just sit here and like <laughs> I want like I would love for that to be real. It would be really nice. It would make like not even just for like finding love, but just like everything yes what job am i supposed to take oh here's my job string i'm gonna go follow that now it'd be incredibly handy it would be amazing oh my 
just like a whole bunch of strings. Just now that this, sounds chaotic. Well, you <laughs> know, assigned to specific shit. That's true. Like the string for, um, here's the thing that I've been working on lately. What is my fashion sense? It's tough. If I could have a string that would just lead to the shit I would look cute in and feel nice in. Can you just tie it to that cute sweater that would look good on yeah. me? But I look at it and I think, nah. I would appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Help me find out who the hell I am. <laughs> I, just, I feel like this isn't too much to ask for. <laughs> just a bunch of strings. And they could be color coded. It's fine. Or just like label them for me. Right. That's how I would do it. Yeah. I feel like the, whoever's in charge of this string business isn't as organized as me. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Well, let me tell you who is in charge of this string business of the Red String of Fate. Um, so this comes from Chinese mythology. Um, before I get into his name, I want to talk about why it's red. So there was a reason for that. And okay. that is because in Chinese culture, the color red symbolizes happiness. I love it. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Right. There's lots and lots of red. Exactly. There's a ton of red and it's, mm-hmm. I was reading, it's really common in their wedding ceremonies to have everything like dresses. draped in red. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which don't get me wrong. I love my white dress, but could you imagine just like. Oh, stunning. Mm, it'd be so beautiful. Mm-hmm. The envelopes that Mrs. Lee used to give us with money for Chinese New Year were always red. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I picture whenever I think of those lanterns hanging in the streets, red is what I think of. Lots of red. Lots of red. Lots of red. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Bring happiness everywhere. That's a good idea. Right? I support it. I should have green everywhere now. That makes me happy. Do it. I think that's going to (laughs) happen. Changing it all up. Okay. So Red String of Fate is controlled by this uh, Chinese god. His name, and I'm going to butcher it. I hope I don't, but correct me if I'm wrong. Yu Lao. (laughs) Yu Lao? Yu Lao. Okay. Y-U-E-L-A-O. I saw different spellings, but that was the most common one. It feels good to me. It feels good. Um, so he's kind of the man or the god behind this myth. He is the god who influences love and marriage. Okay. So he, um, some background on him. People talk about him and they say he either lives in the moon or in the obscure regions. And when I was reading about the obscure regions, they referenced it as being similar to think of like Hades in Greek culture. Okay. I, okay. I like it. Yes. So, and this kind of took me on a tangent here because this is our life. We do tangents. Right, right, right. Um, so I'm sitting here thinking, because at first I was like, Hades, that's kind of, that feels like ominous. That feels a little like strange. Mm-hmm. But then I thought about the fates. My, my brain immediately went yes. back to my like childhood watching Hercules because it was my favorite movie for mm-hmm. a really long time. And the fates in that movie and what they actually did and what their purpose was. It was fucking around with people's strings. It was fucking around with, (laughs) not even just fucking around with people's strings. They were like the string makers. Yeah. So like, it was like these three goddesses just, you know, weaving stuff, weaving destinies together. They eyeball. They do, at least, at least in the Hercules movie. I think they do in mythology. Is that real in the mythology too? Mm -hmm. That means, yeah, that's interesting. So, um. Each of them had a different role. One of them spun the string of life. One of them um, measured it out. Okay. And then one of them cut it. And so it was like based off of a lot of things like the actions because they were also in charge of like one was related with the past. One was related with the present and one was related with the future. Okay. Um, so like the one in the present was going to look at like. It was, they were all tied together. I'm like trying to break it apart and I can't. But it was based on like 
what you were now, like what you were going to be, the things that they could see that you were going to do in the future, Mm -hmm. how much of a life you earned yourself based off of the actions that they could see. And they would measure out the string, cut it. And that was your life. All right. But then they've also got, which is interesting, and this will come up kind of later in our um, Red Thread of Fate. They have, um, sorry, just pop my finger, um, the Book of Fate. Okay. So they, yeah. they get to like write and write and read Can in this I get Book that of on Fate. my Kindle? Or? That'd be great, right? <laughs> Can I just read and know like what my life is going to be, what this other person's life is going to be? Audible, maybe? So we Ooh. could listen while we drive? That would be really That'd handy. That would be really nice. That would be super great. <laughs> I'm open to options. I'll take it anyway. It can come. <laughs> Paperback. I'll, uh, that'd be a little rough, but sure. Yeah. Why we'll not? work it out. We'll work it It'll out. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. The connection made sense in my brain. As soon as I kind of did this, mm-hmm. they have these strings of fate. It's what determines people's lives. And they also have the, the book of fate that they read out of. So, um, Yu Lao, um, or the man under the moon, as he's going to be called in a lot of these stories as well. Oh. They like that. I know. It's, <laughs> it's really cool. So he also has this in a lot of the stories. He's going to have a bag of red string or red yarn or red thread. It, again, different stories, different cultures. I should mention. So like this, his um, story is in Chinese mm-hmm. uh, mythology. This is in a lot of Eastern cultures. It's there's a different version of it for um japanese culture there's a different version of it for uh korean cultures okay um like how everybody has a story about a flood of course it's just it's just there makes sense um so this one specifically that i'm starting with is kind of mainly based in the chinese uh, viewpoint of it but again recognizing that in eastern culture there's different versions okay um so okay he's got his bag of red string thread and then he's also got a book with him it is a book of marriages. Oh, my God. He's he, cute as hell. He knows who's going to get married. Oh. He's going to run around with his strings and he's going to go and tie these people together. OK, I'll talk a little bit later about where they get tied together, why that's significant in some cases, Okay, because it is different. <laughs> OK, <laughs> this is where I'm going to I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about this God. and. This was the first story that I could find. Like, this is the one that they said is the quintessential. This is the red thread of fate story. Okay. I just, this is where I was telling you, like, dude needs some chill. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just, we'll just get into it. Okay. So this, I have a story here. I found it. It's a document from the 1800s. Whoa. So this is like, this is like older. So I'm going to. It's like photocopied. Oh, wow. I'm going to like, I'm not going to necessarily read from it because should I like candles for you before you have to read those tiny words or I know I'm going to have to switch. So I'm not going to like read, read it because this mm-hmm. is like three pages long. Sure. And it's hard for me to read. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not I lie. think it's cool that that's where you found it. That's really neat. I think it is interesting. So there is um, because this is translated from Chinese into English. Mm-hmm. There's some I'm sure disparities on what was originally intended in the writing versus sure, what it was translated. Sure. But unfortunately, this is what I had to go with. So um, in this story, there's a man who, when he was born in his youth, his entire family died. His parents, his brothers and sisters all died. And after that happened, he had this like strong desire to get married. He just needed to keep that family bloodline going and he didn't really want to be alone. 
Okay. So he, it was his obsession for years and years and years that he was going to find this perfect bride. And he was struggling. He couldn't find her. Everybody he tried to like court and sue, it just didn't work. Everybody was just deemed unsuitable and he was kind of getting frustrated. Oh, well, maybe he was being a little picky. He might have been a little <laughs> picky. But also, you know, red string of fate. Right, right. He's just not found that person at the other end of the string yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually he ends up lodging in town, just waiting there, kind of hoping that he's going to find somebody. Maybe this is the place that he needs to go. And he gets some good news. It sounds like it is going to be. This person that he's seen in this lodge for a while is like, okay, I've found somebody. This high-ranking person has a daughter. She's of age. It's time for her to get married. So I'm going to introduce you guys. Okay. I mean, their introduction is going to be their marriage. That's basically what this comes down to. Okay. So so he's like, okay, I'll introduce you guys on this Sunday at the temple in town. You guys will get married. It's going to be happy ever after. And he's like, great. This is awesome. This sounds perfect. Just jump in. Just skip all the other (laughs) messy stuff. Everything this guy's told her, he's like, she sounds perfect. She's beautiful. She's she's got like a whole line of high up people behind her. She's well off. She's willing to meet him. (laughs) And she's willing to meet him. Perfect. Maybe not. Maybe someone someone told her that's what she's willing to do. (laughs) Either way, she's showing up. Well, she might be showing up. Oh. So <laughs> here it comes on Sunday and he's in a rush. He gets to the temple and then he's like, oh, crap, I got here early. I woke up early. I'm here early. Nobody's here yet. How embarrassing. Right. How <laughs> dare you be early on your wedding day? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So um, he gets to this temple and nobody's there, but he looks around. And it's still I should mention it's still dark. The moon is still out. Okay. Um, and here's this man kind of in a corner laying on his pack and reading a book in the moonlight. He has no other light to read it by. It's just the moonlight. Okay. Um, and so he looks to this guy and he's like, oh, that book looks interesting. I can't tell what it is. It's not in a language that I recognize. What are, what are you reading? And he's like, oh, this is, an, this is an ancient text. So there's no way you'd recognize that. So he talks to him and he's like, so this isn't just any ordinary book. I have a book of marriages is what this is. This is all of the predestined marriages of people who are bound to each other from birth. And he's like, that's crazy. This man's like, are you sure that that's really what that is? There's no way that that's real. Are you sure you're not just a homeless man sleeping outdoors? You might be. (laughs) I mean, that's whatever, but don't go around talking about your marriages. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So this old man tells him, he's like, you're here for this wedding today. This isn't the right person for you. You're not marrying this person today. Oh. And this, and he's like the man who is getting married. He's like, are you sure? Like, I've I feel pretty sure about now. this. Yeah. Like, this seems right. She's going to be here. Everybody's about to show up. And he's like, and the old man's like, nobody's showing up. Oh. This she is not the one for you nobody's gonna show up and so the man who's getting married is like okay then who am i getting married to if you really have this book of marriages yeah who am i getting married to exactly (laughs) now this is this is where i'd be like "Eh, no because he's (laughs) like you're not gonna marry this woman your wife as yet is only three years old 
and she must attain the age of 17 before she marries you. This is some Twilight shit. It sure is. <laughs> it sure is. I actually, my brain went there when I read this. Of course it did. Of course it did. How could it not? <laughs> Team Jacob forever. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so he's like, he's sad about this. He's like, I'm ready to be married. I really have to sit here and wait 14 years for her to be that age. Can't you make this happen sooner? Can't you just find me someone else? Um, and he's like, no. And then all of a sudden this man gets distracted by the old man's bag. He's like, what's in your bag? Oh, I've got red strings in here. These are red cords and they are at the moment of birth put on a person to bind their feet together. Doesn't matter who they are. You can be a noble, a peasant, rich, poor, smart, not as smart. Doesn't matter. The strings have no care about that. They are just, I bind people based off of the book that I'm reading with these red cords. And so this guy is interested. He's like, okay, so who's my cord tied to? Like, like obviously it's like this mm-hmm. three-year-old girl. Can you just show me her? Can I at least see her? Yeah. And he's like, okay, yeah, you can go see her. She's living at this shop right now. Um, Let's go find her. She's orphaned. Her parents have died and she's staying at the shop. So we'll go find her and I'll show her to you. Oh, this is where my dude needs some fucking chill. (laughs) (laughs) They get to this shop and they see this blind lady um, helping this little girl. And he's like, that girl is ugly as shit. Ouch. Yep. Oh, not only that. So like, he's like, I can't marry her. You cannot be serious. Like she's, she's three. not right. How do you even know what the hell she's going to look like? I looked like a little like crazy person at three years right, old. Just like gremlins. That's it. Exactly. So he looks at her. He's like, nah, you're wrong. There's no way in hell that this is the person that I'm supposed to be marrying. And the guy's like, well, it is. So have fun. Figure it out. Like you're going to marry her in 14 years and disappears. <laughs> Too late. String's done. String is attached. Book of marriages is already written. Mm. So the guy is now left alone and he's like, I, I'm not okay with this. This is, this is not going to happen. He pulls out a knife and hands it to this servant boy and says, Hey, I will pay you a pretty high sum of money to go kill that girl. (gasps) Yep. He did not. He did. (gasps) Right. This, this is the part of the story. I did that, not see that coming. No, I didn't either. So the first half the of the story I thought was kind of like, oh, this part. Mm-mm. I thought so, he was going to cut the string. No, he's going to cut the girl. Oh, my gosh. I know. So he, he does. He gives this boy a knife and he's like, okay, like that, like that sum of money's fine. I can do this. So he takes <laughs> a knife. Wow. He goes the next day to, to this girl and tries to kill her. Misses slices her across like in between her eyes. Oh, okay. And he comes back to this man and he's like, So I tried. I think she could be dead. I don't know, but I had to run. Instead, I just disfigured her face. Instead, I just disfigured her face. Cool. You know, cool, 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 cool. It's a great time. I love this. You're ugly, so I'm going to stab you. That makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. So basically, time goes on. He thinks she's dead and he's living his life and he is now got an arranged marriage with again somebody pretty high up um but this guy's ugly and weird he's probably is i mean if he's i don't know like if your soul is that ugly right like i don't know (sighs) so he's he's getting married and on his wedding day he's not met her before kind of like the last time around he's not married this person before um he's this rich high up guy's niece um 
and they're getting married and she lifts up her veil and he sees that she's got this ornamental thing in between her brow. Like she's got just like a tattoo, this ornamental tattoo between her brows. Okay. And he's like, and she's gorgeous, by the way. She's lifted up this veil and she is incredibly beautiful. Oh. Um, and he's like, oh, that's interesting. Why do you have this ornament on your face? And she says, oh, when I was three years old, uh, some servant boy came and slashed my face. And um, it just never healed properly. And so this is this is what I do to cover it up. And he's like, oh, shit. I'm the fucking worst. I'm the fucking worst. Oh, this is I have to find. I have to find the terminology that happens here because it was some real bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, OK, here's what she said. So at seven years old, my uncle, after mourning the loss of his wife, adopted me for his daughter and has married me to you. And so here this man says, was your foster mother Chin? This was the name of the shop owner. And she's like, yes, perhaps you knew her. And he's like, she was blind, right? She's like, how do you know all of this? And he's like, so here he goes. He then explained to her how the whole affair had happened. Owing, he added, to the ugliness of your appearance, I loathed you in my heart and commissioned a servant to go and stab you. Had you been like the beauty of today, lovely as the fang flower on your head, I had not dared to conceive so impious a thought. <sighs> okay, excused then, I guess. We're all fine with it. We're all fine, which is wild, because if this were me, I'd be like, okay, fuck you, buddy, get out. Yeah. We're done. (laughs) But she's like, it just goes on, and they're like, both are astonished at a fate thus predestining, like, predestining marriage. And sometime afterwards, she bore him a son, and they lived happily ever after. Hey, thank you, Moonlight Man. I mean, I just... (laughs) oh my gosh this guy sucks i know he's the worst i was like i was expecting this story where you were supposed to be rooting for him like the whole time but no why didn't he just cut the red cord if he was just like i don't think so like for me i'd be like okay i'm an old man and she's a three-year-old like nah this isn't gonna work right that's fine but just because she's like not pretty at three years old, you're going to be like, let me go fucking kill her. So that way I don't have to marry her. And then when I tell her it was because she was ugly, she'll be like, justifiable. If you'd looked like this before, this wouldn't have happened. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I hate it. I hated it so much. Like, I was so excited at first with this story and then it just ended. And I'm not a huge fan of this dude. <laughs> no, he's the worst. Mm-hmm. So that's the original concept story for well, the, the concept is of still faith. great. And I like the moon guy. I like the moon guy, too. He's pretty cool. And Mm -hmm. he's just like, nah, like, I don't care what you think. This is what's happening. I mean, if everybody gets a string, he's got to deal with assholes from time to time. He's going to have to. We're not all golden. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Wouldn't that make life so much easier? Yes. Yes, it would. Much easier. What a tool. What an absolute tool. Yeah. So there's that. Um. It's not great. And I'm going to read. I don't even know what else to say about this, except for the fact that, like, it's not great. Um, there's another story. I have a few. I have okay. a few. And I'm going to tell you, there's a common theme here. Ugly girls. Uh, here I don't love this theme. <laughs> I'm going to read this word for word. Like I said, common theme here. So story number two. 
You're already mad. It's fine. <laughs> this one doesn't make me as angry as the first one. I got that one out of the way. Okay. Um, so, one day, a young boy saw an old matchmaker. Uh, he's known to be a matchmaker in the story, apparently, okay. right off the bat. Okay. Saw an old matchmaker leaning against a fence in, a light, in the light of a full moon. Full moon. Moon man. Back. Oh the matchmaker was standing beside his bag and reading from a book. The boy asked, what are you reading? This is the book of marriages, the old man said. It names all of the couples who are destined to be together. The old man pulled a string from his bag to show the boy. When I tie this string to one of the people named in the book, they will be forever linked to their soulmate by that red string. They will be destined to be together. The boy had never heard of such a thing, and he told the old man that he did not believe him. The old man took the boy to a nearby village. Standing behind a fence so they would not be seen, the man pointed to a young girl. She is the one who is fated to be your bride. You cannot know that. I will never marry her, the boy said. <laughs> In anger, he threw a rock at the oh young girl gosh. and ran away from the old man. Um, when the young boy was old enough, his family arranged a marriage for him. On the day of the wedding, the bride wore a veil to modestly cover her face, as was tradition for her people. The young man was married to his bride. Only then was he allowed to lift her veil. He gasped at both her exotic beauty and the sight of a small scar over her eye. <laughs> and she says, forgive my scar, dear husband. Um, raising her hand to cover it. I was hit by a rock as a young girl. I hope you will not love me less for it. I can't with this. I know. Ah. So the young married man embraced his wife joyfully and said, no, I shall love you more. And it, for it is because of it that we have proof that we were destined for each other. Well, at least he recovered better. He did recover better. At least he wasn't like, I, I take that more as like this little kid who's like, girls are gross. Yes. <laughs> Instead of, she's so ugly, she's, she should die. Right. The other guy was pretty awful. The other guy can go right to hell can go right to hell oh goodness there's like another story that i read where like this girl learns about the fact that they're tied together by the red string of hate her and this boy and she goes and talks to the boy about it and he's like no you're stupid <laughs> and then they end up being married later down the line and he's like i'm so sorry so that one's like who's stupid now right so again common themes of just like being so mean and horrible. <laughs> this moon dude needs to stop talking to children about. Well, I guess the other guy was the old. The other guy was old and he was the worst. Maybe start approaching ladies. I'm not super sure what to do about this. I think that might have been. I'm not going to lie. I was going to say that. <laughs> Maybe the ladies would have been a little less likely Maybe? to like lean towards murder first. <laughs> Did your <laughs> stories ever have anything to do with. um other than heterosexual couples. They did not, which kind of made me sad. Sure. So that was that was definitely, definitely a common theme. And so like for me, when I sit here and I think about the red thread of fate, I think about how it ties people together, not just a man and a woman. It just mm -hmm. it's what ties people together. Through like a bond, it doesn't matter who you are yeah. or how you identify it, just if you were meant to be together. It binds you and bonds you together. Because, mm -hmm. right. yeah, that was sad. I, I was really sad that that was yeah. the only common theme that I could find. Because uh, ancient Greece, hella gay. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. 
I don't know a ton about ancient Chinese culture, though. I don't either. I have a feeling like I don't know. And so I can't guess, but I have a feeling it probably is similar to like traditional old school American values where it's man and woman. Like I said, just based off of all of the reading that I did, I can't say for sure. And I'm not going to say I'm 100 percent right, but just the reading that I did on this topic. It's all through a lens of translators who came exactly. at a later time. And that exactly the translation that suited and their that's sensibilities. almost what I'm like wondering is the case, too, because, again, that story that I read that was translated and there's just right. And so is everything else that we find. It's all translated. There's no guarantee that it's 100 percent spot on accurate for what was intended by sure. its purpose. Um. Yeah, so the stories, the original stories aren't as beautiful, but some of the other stuff surrounding this is. Okay. Um, so the next thing that I kind of researched in about this was the locations where the string is tied. Okay. Um, so there were three main ways that I found this. Um, and the first one is around the ankles. ankles. So it's tied around one of your ankles to one of their ankles. Okay. I couldn't find what the purpose was behind this, but I like to imagine it's just that these the string is linking your steps together so that your steps and your like journey is leading you towards each other. And that's why it would go around your ankle. I like that. I like that too. So that's what I'm choosing to believe until hopefully if somebody does know, they'll tell me Mm -hmm. what the reason is. But for now, I'll choose to believe that beautiful thing that it's just tying your steps and your journeys together. I like that. I do too. That's nice. That's really nice. Um, The next one, and I have no real information as to why this one is the case. Um, one end of the string is tied around. So in all the stuff I read, it was the man's thumb and then the woman's little finger. Okay. I don't know why it would be different. Why one is the thumb? Why one is the little finger? Because we're really into the teeny tiniest parts of ladies. That might be it. But I don't know. But this next one is, it's really beautiful. I actually really, I really love this one. Oh, I'm excited. I, so, and it is, it is about, it's tied around each of your little fingers. The smallest part of your body. And here is why. This one I actually found. I actually found a reason for. So in your body, there is a direct channel from your heart to your little finger. And so it's like truly connecting your hearts together. So it's like you have this channel that goes from your heart out your little finger. And then you've got this red string of fate that extends from your finger. So it connects your heart. It connects your hearts together. That's cute. It's so sweet. I, I love, I love that one. Mm -hmm. I think like if I were to think about tying the string, that would be the one that I would think of. Like, I love the idea of tying your steps together, tying your journeys together. Yeah. But just like the tying of your hearts together, like truly connecting them. That is cute it's beautiful oh i like that. i loved that so much so that's the one that i chose to really like that's interesting because i had heard i can't remember where that that's why you wear your um wedding rings on your ring finger oh. because it's connected to your heart interesting so so i and i could see that because they're fairly close together or maybe they just everybody loves a good fun story about hooking things to your heart pick the one you like best pick the one. go with that also i'll tell you i know i look at my wedding rings and my wedding band and i know like it's like said that you can wear it basically any way you want um and i see a lot of people who wear their engagement rings like inside and then their wedding band outside mm-hmm. i read something about like you can do whatever you want but here's my take on it she's like i wear my wedding band first because that's the one that's closest to my heart Oh, that's cute. And so that's what I do now. I have my wedding band first and then it's my um, 
engagement ring. Oh, that's second. nice. I just have one ring. That's so beautiful. So it doesn't do any. It, I think I didn't have well, to. Well, your get wedding it. band is still the closest to your heart. Yes. Yeah, so we're done. Yes. <laughs> you know, it used to be so common to get the two pieces and then have to have them like soldered together. Soldered together. But yeah. yours are two separate ones. Mine are two separate ones. And that, like, we have talked about getting them soldered together and we just haven't done it yet. It's kind of nice. Like, what if you were doing something? I don't know. You don't have any babies, but you know how babies are always getting caught on rings. Yeah. And you just wanted to wear the one. You mm-hmm. can wear them separately. And I kind of like the idea of that. Like, I don't know. It's just nice. And I do like, again, I don't know why it's stuck with me and it has will always stick with me where I just like the idea of like, these are separate. And this one is the closest to my heart. That's really sweet. I love it. I like how your wedding band is so pretty on its own, too. It is. I love it. It's, I mean, of, like, look at that. It's, it's just like simple pretty. and pretty. Some of the sets that are made to click together, I feel like the wedding band looks, they look weird alone. Yeah. So here's three by itself. Oh, I like that. Thank you. I do too. <laughs> I, I was very excited. I was very excited about it. That's good. Yeah. You have to wear it all the time. You well, do. you don't have to. I mean, you choose to I wear choose it all the time. I choose to wear it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Brian and I sometimes will look and one of us is like, oh, shoot, I forgot my wedding ring. Mm-hmm. And, oh, no, dang it. Now we're not married anymore. This Without the ring, it's not real. <laughs> I see that this definitely looks really pretty. You got your ring on? <laughs> you look really nice you today. You look really nice. Or you smell super good. You have your ring on your finger? Yeah. <laughs> we good? Yeah. I just like everybody else to know. <laughs> That's stinky. You know. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. Every now and then you start to make like old people jokes. And you're like, we were never going to be those people. I I have been an old lady at heart <laughs> since like 22. Yes. <laughs> I mean. T- Taylor Swift put out that song like, you know, she's feeling 22. Yes. And I was like. I wish I'd been that excited about 22. All I wanted to do was nap. Right. 22 wasn't a big monumental one for me. No. 27 felt big. 27 felt huge for some reason. I don't know why. 27 was a... I think it was one of those reckoning. Like, like, you're halfway through the last half of your 20s at that point. Oh, yeah. Like, you are... You don't have much time left. Mm-hmm. You're very soon won't be a 20-something. No. You're going to be a 30-something. And nobody even says that. It's not cool. No. It is so cool to be in your 30s. 30s are the best. And you know, growing up, my mom always said that her favorite age was in her 40s. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to shit just getting better and better. I I keep telling Brian, like, I'm excited for 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Like, yeah. I think it's just going to get better with time. And as things get bad at the end of that, I mean... Hopefully that part doesn't last super long. That's kind of the, I told, do you (laughs) want to hear the number that I told Brian might be my best number? Okay. Let let me off at 69. (laughs) (laughs) Winning. I have four solid years of retirement, hopefully, maybe. Who knows? Who knows what it's going to look like by then? (laughs) But like, I just sit here and think like, four solid years of retirement. That's good. I can spend (laughs) extravagantly and then we're good to go. Right, right. I don't know. I'm I'm 75. Sounds good to me. That's good. That's I'm, a good number. I'm sure to people who have like grandbabies, that's not nearly long enough. Right. But I'm I'm feeling good about it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> I just look at how my body is like going against me now. Yeah, we don't have a lot of time no. left. It's a real countdown sequence. It, it at sure point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to imagine like me being as old as Betty White was. 
I don't I can't I imagine anyone could do it as well. No. Why try to why try to surpass what was already perfect? There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, 69's my number. Nice. That's the one. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, okay. We'll get back into this. So mm-hmm. the recent ad- like adaptations of the Red String of Fate. Um so one one funny thing that I found was this was also like really related to the Pinky Promise. Oh, cute! Because like it's like a promise of the heart. I haven't even put that together. I haven't either. That's darling. It's so cute. So I should the, do more Pinky Promises. I should too. It's just it's your two hearts promising each other that oh this gosh. is this is whatever you're promising Shut is going to happen. Up. It's so cute. It's adorable, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think it's the sweetest thing. It's disgusting. I'm going to do so many pinky promises with Brian now. Yes, I think it's so cute. It's so cute. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then one thing, so like I, we were kind of mentioning this early earlier, so. Um, a lot of stuff that I've read recently, it says, you know, the red string of fate doesn't have to tie two people together who are destined to be lovers. Mm-hmm. It can be just tying two people together who are destined to have an impact on each other's lives. It can be tying you to a friend. It can be tying you to a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be tying you like, imagine the red string of fate tying us together. Like we were meant to do this podcast together. Right. Like that's, that's, that's a lot really of what like the recent adaptations are. I like that. I like that. I do too. I think it's really cute. Um, another thing that's happening a lot lately is people are getting tattoos of the Red String of Fate. Oh my gosh. Um, so it's like, it's this adorable little bow. Oh, bow on your pinky? It's a little red bow Stop on your pinky. It. Or I've seen it on your ankles too. So that's like that's the two main spots. Really I really liked cute. the pinky one. It was just little tiny and adorable. I really hope that tiny tattoos never go out of fashion. I love because tiny I tattoos. Think they're the cutest I think so too. And I am going to convince as many people as possible to get that little friendship with me. I'm going to get it with you. It's I don't care so who else gets it. Cute. It's adorable. <laughs> it's so cute. The it's way that friendship. I fall to pieces every time I tell people it's a friendship. It's a friendship. I just <laughs> melt into giggles. I think it's the funniest thing. It's funny and adorable and I love it and I want it. <laughs> you just let me know when. Even if it's just the two of us, I don't care. Sounds good. I know a tiny two or tiny tattoo artist who does like girls nights. Oh, perfect. Where you can you and a bunch of your friends go and she does all of you while you're all hanging out. Oh, I love this. Doesn't that sound fun? That sounds so much fun. We're going to do this. Do. I yeah. think we could convince other people to do this with us. Absolutely. People need to t- stop taking tattoos so seriously. Hey, Just I get have them. said this all the time. It'll be fine. And if like. You like, don't even see it anymore. Well, my thing is, it's like everybody's like, but it's so permanent. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But like, if I decide down the line that I want to change one, I can change it. Right. Lots of things are permanent. We're not sassing each other about it all the time. Yeah. You know, just do it. Well, I just, this is, this is a terrible one of me. I'm going to say this because I've said this before and I feel terrible every time I say <laughs> it. Because I've had like, I've had some people come up to me and be like, oh, you got another, another tattoo. You realize those are permanent, right? And like. They have kids, and I'm like, oh well, you have a bunch of kids. You realize those are permanent, right? Nobody's giving you like, a nobody's hard giving time you a hard time about you. your kids. Like, <laughs> like did, did anyone ever come up to you and say that? Right? <laughs> I just like it. Just feels like I don't know. I just it sit here weird. and I go like, 
these are personal decisions. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I understand that it's a permanent thing that's going to go on my body. I do not need one more person to tell me that someday I'll get old. I'm super aware of that. Oh, Thank I you. keep telling Brian, I do I, not care. Like, I can't wait and to be that badass uh, old woman who has tattoos hey, everywhere. Since when is having wrinkles hideous? Right. I mean, always, but it's not really. It's really not. And so if your only way to scare me away from tattoos is to say that one day I'll have wrinkles, I'm going to have wrinkles anyway. It's going to happen. I might as well look cool. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care. That's such a bad excuse to me. It really is. No, I <laughs> You're just... going to get stretch marks. I have them already. Yep. I might as well get cool tattoos also. Exactly. <laughs> I just... Stop taking them so seriously. Stop holding me hostage, threatening that my body could change. Of course it will. It's going to. Of course it will. It has changed. (laughs) And have some of my tattoos maybe changed a little bit with them? Yeah, that's happened. It's fine. Yep, totally fine. Not a big deal. No. And you know what? If it really if it really freaks you out, then don't get any. Exactly. And that's my Problem thing, too. Solved. I'm not sitting here telling like I will never tell anybody that they have to go and get a tattoo, that this is something they right. need to do. No, it's a it's a personal decision, just like anything mm-hmm. else. But if you really want one and you're hung up on all those things people say, do it. Just do it. Get one. It's good it's, tattoo. Exactly. And if you don't like it, don't get any more. Exactly. Piece of cake. And if you really don't like it, like go change it. Sure. People do it all the time. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. You'll be perfectly fine. It will not kill you. You know what is really expensive and difficult to change a cell phone plan? That is true. And we walk into that bullshit with our eyes closed daily. Mm-hmm. So all the time. not that complicated. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I don't get it. I dropped my phone the other day and Seth um, shatters some part of his phone every single time and I never do. Uh-huh. And I am very um superior about it and now <laughs> i have to eat all of my words oh no i dropped it in the whole back shadow no and i was like but i have the protective case <laughs> it's supposed to be fine <laughs> i put the glass sticker on the front like i'm very <laughs> careful how am i supposed to be self-righteous now i don't think you can i don't think, I think I that's can. been taken away from you <laughs> i'm so sorry i trade mine in for a ton of money and i'm like i'm the best at phones mm-hmm. No, I'm not the best not at phones. Not anymore. I'm sorry. I dropped it in the pantry. Liz, no. It was in our own home. Liz, no. I'm so sad. <laughs> I'm so heartbroken for you. <laughs> it's not very old. How, how old is it? Um, I don't know. I'm not in charge of knowing That's those fair. kinds of things. Um, I got it end of last year, I think. Okay. So it's pretty new. It's as fairly far as new. Go. Yeah. I think there's already a new iPhone, though. I think it's an 11 Pro. Well, huh? I don't know. I've lost track of all the new phones that have come out after mine. It's time for me to have a new phone. Mine can't even get signal anywhere. So. Oh, no. Yeah. I have all kinds of conspiracy theories about how they start to, like, make your phone not work anymore. I feel like that so you could definitely phone. be real. Yeah. Mine stopped holding a charge. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I think Apple's sending mean things okay, to my phone. Okay, that's happening to this phone now, too. And I right? get that, like, we are part of group chats that go off, like... Every minute of every day. Isn't that really messes with your battery <laughs> life? It does. But like before, like even just like six months ago, like my phone would be fine. Like I, it would be at like 75% at the end of the day, even without me looking at it mm-hmm. because chats just go off. Now I get off of work and go check my phone and it's like at 40 or 50% tops. Yeah. I think it's well, also batteries age and lose and that's true. their life. But I still think that there's something hinky. 
There's got to be. I believe it. Seth does not believe it, but I believe it's real. This is a real thing. They're messing with me and I know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn you cell phone companies. This is not okay. Also, please don't leave me. No, I need you. <laughs> <laughs> please let me talk to my people. <laughs> I will die without it. The way I freak out when I've lost my phone, that's how I know that mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. I can't abide. The the amount that I freak out about losing my phone and then see it in my hand. Yeah. Like, it's real Ooh. dumb. It's real dumb. Real hurtful. Or like in my back pocket and I just put it there like literally like a blink ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can't remember. Okay. So, talked about tattoos, which oh. I love. Yes, the cute tattoos. The cute mm-hmm. tattoos. So, we talked about that. There is in this felt spot on for like us. There is a romance novel called The Red Thread of Fate. Oh, and part ooh. of me wants to get it and read it and find out how, how spicy it is. Oh, yeah. We have to rate one to five chili peppers. One to five chili peppers. I came up with a rating system for that. I and I might have to get it and then I'll let you know. Yeah, it's on this post-it note here inside <laughs> my planner. <laughs> and then I have this note that says I need to make different definitions for books with spice and spicy books. Because okay. I decided they're two different, two different things. things. They so, definitely are. Very important posted. <laughs> these, are, these are the things that really matter in life. Mm-hmm. Chili peppers. I came up with my book rating system, one mm-hmm. to five stars on my Instagram. So now that when people go to my Goodreads, it actually means something. I love this. Sometimes I pick one star because I'm pissed about something. That's fair. And then I'm like, I regret that. That wasn't very fair. I don't know. Some books, some <laughs> books I have read have deserved a one star rating. Yes. It, it just happens and it's okay. Not every book can be a winner. Mm, it's true. And, and that's fine. That's fine. So, yeah, I'll find that book. We'll find out. Please how spicy do. It is. I'm excited to hear. We'll see. Um, and so the last iteration that I was going to talk about is movies. And I oh. was talking to you about this earlier. Yeah, um, your favorite movie. My, one of my favorite anime movies, and it's called Your Name. Oh, I've never heard of it. You, you'll have to watch it. So it came out in 2017. I watched it for the first time. Like, Brian and I were pretty early in our relationship, and we went over to his family's house, and we watched this. And I will tell you, the first time that I watched it, I did not pick up on the obvious, 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 obvious <laughs> thread of fate references in there. Okay. Um, it's just, it's so sweet. So I'm going to kind of like, I'm not going to give it away, but I'll kind of talk about what the story is. And I took notes on my phone while I was watching last night. Nice. Um, so basically what this movie is about is there's this um, big comet event that's supposed to happen soon. Like it's going to be bright in the sky. It's going to be huge. It's going to be really cool. Um, in Japan, there's these communities that are prepping for it. There's going to be celebrations for it. It's going to be great. So that's like the big main thing surrounding this. Okay. And then basically it's going to center on two characters lives. There's this high school girl and this high school boy. The girl lives in the country. The boy lives in the city. Completely different lives. Um, and not every night, but every once in a while they go to sleep and then they wake up and they are in each other's lives. So the boy is now living as the girl in the girl's life. The girl is now living as the boy in the boy's life. Whoa. Right. Um, it usually only lasts for one day, but everyone can tell like you're off and it starts with, it starts when this comet comes around. That's when like it triggers. Okay. And then just like, or like when the comet's on its way. So it's not like when the comet's overhead, but when the comet's on its way and everybody's tracking it, that's when this starts. Um, and so this 
the story just goes on about how like these guys keep intersecting. They start leaving notes for each other, like in their oh my in the phones and stuff. I'm um, really excited to watch. It's this. so <laughs> adorable and so cute. They're both like annoyed with each other at first, and then mm-hmm. um, then they just start trying to help each other out, and um, and then it gets to the point where they he this boy like wants to meet her. He's like she's like I am destined to meet her. He says um, like there was part of the movie where he's like I'm always searching for something for someone. And he's like, and then he like comes to realize like it's her. Um, oh, so I don't want to go much more into the theme of the movie. Like I really want like you and I want the listeners to be able to go watch this okay. if you haven't. It's adorable. And I want to hear your thoughts on the movie. Okay. Next time. That'll be my homework. Um, but I'll just kind of give you like some, some of what I found that's related to the red threat that doesn't really give much away on the plot. Okay. Um, so that first line that I said, like, I'm always searching for something for someone like that's you're destined to meet this person. You've got the string pulling you towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, huge thing. So he always wears a red bracelet. She always wears a red bow. Um, oh, very and a lot of the interaction. Her. Yes. <laughs> and her hair's super cute. <laughs> um, so and there, there's a point where she's trying to get him to remember her name and she throws her red bow at him oh. and they're it's trying to bring like bring that connection super cute um let's see there was another line in the movie that says when something becomes a part of a person it's a union and it joins their souls so another one of those like this is a connection there's so many lines How like romantic. this right and then um so was brian trying to tell you something watching this movie Ma- Maybe. <laughs> Actually, he'd never seen it before. So he had no idea. It was idea. just some red string behind the scenes bullshit then. I was. It, I'm telling you. I'm telling you subliminally, subliminally. I'm starting to believe that Brian and I are connected with some red thread that I can't feel or see. It's yeah, invisible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. There's a red. There's a part where there's like this ritual that happens and they give it like the girl gives a gift to the gods. It's like they're making this wine, this okay. rice wine. Um, and after the ritual, they tie a red string around the top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And then there's um, there's a, this place where they can all go make a sacrifice as well. And one of the sacrifices is to give a red bracelet to the gods. Um, and then the comet itself that's coming is like breaks off into red pieces, too. Oh. So like a red is just like a common like it. I don't know how I missed it the first time because well, you had never heard of it before. That's fair. Why would you pick up on it? But it's just like. It is you will watch this movie and you will see red everywhere. That's cool. it's so sweet, so beautiful. Like I said, I'm not going to say anything more about the movie. I think you should watch it and we'll talk about it next time because it is just I love that movie. I I have thought about it since the first time we watched it, and I actually bought oh. it watching it this time because I I've been meaning to forever. I love that, and it's called Your Name. Your Name. Okay, I'll watch it. Adorable, that's but that's really good. That's the red thread of fate, the red string of fate. It's beautiful and also a little convoluted in its origins. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think it's a really beautiful concept. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I read, um, after reading this symposium, I read a couple of articles talking about it. And one of them talked about how maybe soulmates aren't a thing that we just are, but a thing that we grow into. I think I believe that more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of how at the, 
at the beginning of the cartoon, 101 Dalmatians, when the dogs and their people are walking by, they look alike. Yeah. Because they're together all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like the longer you're with a person, the more you become like each other. Yeah. And um, it also made me think of when you go through an experience with someone as your partner, Mm -hmm. like if it's a a really good one or a really bad one, something that's um, uh, apart from your regular life. Yeah. You've shared it with that person and there won't be anybody else in the world who, who was part of it. Right. Right. So forever, there will be the person who really understands what that was for you. Yes. And that just makes you closer and more for each other than anyone else could ever be for you. I think that's the important part of that. Yeah. Right. And so you're becoming soulmates the more time you spend together and the more life you experience together. I think that's beautiful. It was a good article. I'll cite it and with my other sources. Perfect. Put it in the show notes. It was yes. a good idea. <laughs> I liked it. That's really cool. I loved it. I, I, I had fun reading, reading about this one. Very good. I, I like that you were able to tie it into the movie, too, because I have a movie to watch. That's Yes. I'm mad at all the guys who just, like, mar forever their soulmate's face for no reason. Right? But whenever. <laughs> like I said, I still... Dude needs to find some chill. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first time I heard about mine, I saw like an infographic of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're like multiple slides on an Instagram post or something where you swipe through and it tells you the story. Oh, yeah. Um, And I thought it was really interesting. I never took any philosophy courses in college. Here's one thing that I did about (laughs) Plato. I think it was Plato. My sister was in a philosophy class. She hadn't written her final paper and she told me what it was supposed to be about. And I had this instant like lightning bolt. That's just like the Velveteen Rabbit. Oh, because it was about I won't even be able to remember it properly now, but about these different levels of existence. And if you believe in a chair, like you can make it a real chair, okay. which is the Velveteen Rabbit. That is absolutely the Velveteen Rabbit. I wrote this great final paper for her. She turned it in and then... She didn't go back to get my score. What? So she passed the class, uh, but I don't know what grade I got on my paper, and I'm still mad about it. I guarantee you got an A. I feel like it was a really good paper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Becoming real was beautiful. So I wish that that I had seen the score for that. I'm really sorry for you. That would haunt me for the rest of my life. Thanks. It's been complicated. Mm -hmm. I appreciate your sympathy. Mm So the way that um, Plato tells this story, um, it's in the symposium, or it's not called the, it's just symposium. Okay. And it's a retelling of um, an experience that Socrates had. So Socrates taught Plato, Plato taught Aristotle. Mm -hmm. So to kind of put it into perspective, how like genius made a genius made a genius. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The interesting thing about Socrates is that he... um, there's no, we don't have his direct writings. Mm-hmm. So everything we know about what he said was written down by classic writers, classical writers um, later on. So Plato and um, I don't know how to say it properly. Xenophon, Xenophon are two of the people that who seems wrote, like it would be right. Yeah, they, they wrote a lot of um, Socrates um, thoughts and expressions down for us to have later. Okay. Um, he was a 
Greek philosopher in Athens. Plato's a Greek philosopher in Athens. So he's writing this story um, from an experience that uh, Socrates related to him. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it actually happened, I, I don't think is even important. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the people in the story are real people. Mm-hmm. And the um, they all go to um, one guy's house for a meal together. Just a bunch of bros hanging out in like a very... Um, it's a it's a mix between like a bro party and they're all flirting kind of party. Mm-hmm. There's a cool vibe. Okay. Sounded like a fun. That does sound fun. They all get there together though, and turns out that they had been together the day before and got real wasted. And so I'm gonna refer to him as the doctor because I can't say his name. The doctor friend. Perfect. It's like since we all drank so much yesterday, <laughs> I feel like maybe the order of the day shouldn't be booze today. And they're like, Yeah, we'll feel miserable. You're right. I agree. So he's like, I came up with a thing for us to do. We're going to go around in a circle and take turns, um, like giving a speech about love. Oh, um, love being the God love. OK, so um, if you if you familiar with um, Greek mythology, we're not talking Aphrodite. We're talking about um, a Titan. OK, so one of the guys who um, came at the very beginning, Earth. Chaos, love. Okay. So way, 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 way back. Way back then. Wow, my lips just got into it and couldn't stop saying whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, and it was whoa, just, just like really took me for a ride. I enjoyed it. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I had no control. <laughs> so they decide to go around in a circle and everybody takes turns. He doesn't remember all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so he only tells a few. And um, I'm only going to tell you one which is the one that Aristophanes tells. Okay. It's about soulmates. Um, I write, Socrates et al. at a meal with friends. <laughs> I can't stand myself. It's <laughs> 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 so funny to me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. So um, I wrote, I, I put in a bunch of quotes from the, from the book. They're really beautiful. So you might catch me reading a few different things, but I'll try to also tell the story. Okay. Um, so he starts by talking about every one of them starts very boastful. Like, you're not very good at talking about love. I'm going to show you how you should actually talk about love. <laughs> um, we're going to skip through that part. Okay. Um, he says, in the first place, let me tell you about the, the nature of man and what has happened to it. For the original human nature was not like the present, but different. So he goes on to tell this story about how originally there were not just two genders, male and female, but there were three, male, female, and a mixture of both, which okay. we would call like um, androgynous. Yeah. But he said that wasn't the word they used for it. There was a word for it. It was a gender. It was a thing. Okay. So there were three of these genders and um, people didn't look the way they look now. Um, I'll read what he says. Um, primeval man was round his back and sides forming a circle, and he had four hands and four feet, one head with two faces looking opposite ways, set on a round neck and precisely alike, also four ears, two privy members, wink, oh. wink, and um, the remainder to correspond. So he could walk upright like a regular person, um, but <laughs> this one's a good part. If he wanted to go real fast, he could do cartwheels on all four feet and four arms. For him. Oh my God. And that's how he really got around when he was in a hurry. And um, so it's like 
The girl who turns into a blueberry in Willy Wonka? Yes. Um, but more. But even more than that. Mm-hmm. That is that is a wild ride. It's a lot. It's a lot. Okay, so um, because there were all of these things, it says terrible was their might and strength, and the thoughts of their hearts were great. So they were pretty formidable, these original humans, and they make kind of an attack on the gods, and Zeus freaks out. Makes sense. And he's like, we cannot have this. They are too threatening. We've got to do something about it. I have a plan. I'm going to cut them in half. This feels like a Zeus move. Very Zeus. Mm -hmm. Full douche Mm -hmm. without even a moment to consider. Just like, you know what? Chop them up. Done. Um, He says it will humble their pride and improve their manners. Can I just, don't mean to go on a tangent here, but there is a common theme of men just being like, oh, I don't like you. Ooh, cut you. Just stop it. Stop. Stop it immediately. (laughs) I don't. I don't get it. Just don't. Mm -mm. (sighs) Like a conversation, really. That's what needs to happen. (laughs) Killing me. (laughs) Literally. Literally. (sighs) So he decides to cut him in half. Um, He says they'll be less strong and there's going to be more of them, which will benefit us. We'll get more work out of them, basically. They'll give us more sacrifices and shit. He's a little bit over vengeful and he tells Apollo, who he sends to do some of the work for him, to turn its face toward the wound so that each person will see that he'd been cut and keep better order. (laughs) So make their face that the half of their face that they keep look towards the cut so that they see that they were cut in half and they learn their lesson. And he's like, if they keep it up, I'm going to cut them in half again. They'll have to hop on one foot. Oh, my God. He's oh real serious God. about it. He is. Oh, Zeus. Could you imagine hopping around on one foot for the rest? I mean, I guess if we knew nothing else, but really. But really? That sounds exhausting. Can you imagine if you could just fucking cartwheel about? That's what I want. That sounds to be amazing. Real <laughs> it sounds so fun. Sounds way cool. Um, they had a really hard go of it after being cut in half. People okay. were pretty devastated. Things weren't going well. Um. And um, they weren't reproducing. So they were about to kind of just go away. There wouldn't be us anymore. Um, and they were really sad. It says, after the division of the two parts of man, each desiring his other half, came together and throwing their arms about one another, entwined in mutual embraces, longing to grow into one. That's really beautiful. <laughs> Fucking heartbreaking. Oh my God, that's sad. But like, beautifully sad Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so things weren't going super well um as far as their um longevity right and you know what you know why their privy members were facing out the back way well that's a little rough to maneuver so zeus was like don't worry about it i'm a problem solver (laughs) we'll flip their wieners around to the front (laughs) easy peasy so now instead of doing what the text says and there are obviously multiple translations. One says cicadas, which is a little more sensible. This one's like, instead of spilling their seed into the ground like grasshoppers, <laughs> now they could procreate and Perfect. make more half people. So that was good. People continued on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Sorry, I just had a vision of them still being backwards and trying to do things in the opposite direction. Very complicated. <laughs> it would not work out very well. I'm real, I should not have laughed, but that just popped there in my brain. Are, there are things that we do backwards, but usually one of us is forwards to know what's going on. Right. And if you're both backwards. That doesn't work out how very do you really, well. You have to have like a missile guidance system. And we didn't have that shit yet. They barely no, had fire. Right. So, I mean, primitive indeed. Mm-hmm. Had to sort things out. <laughs> Flip it around. Ooh. Problem solved. Easy. <laughs> um, so so they're they're continuing on, but they're still pretty bummed out. It says so ancient is the desire of one another, which is implanted in us, reuniting our original nature, making one of two and healing the state of man. So the reason that we want to be with another person where we constantly seek is because we're we're not whole. Yeah. We're not who we were meant to be. Here, I want to stop and make a little caveat. Mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to the belief that you are not a real person unless you have a partner. That's not real. Um, so I don't want you to stop there and think that's where we're going with this. I would rather think of it as um, I, I, for my whole life, even when I was playing with my dollies, didn't talk about what I wanted to do for my job or if I wanted to have babies, just wanted to fall in love. Mm-hmm. It was like like the most important thing to me. I just knew that if I fell in love, um, not that I would be a different person, but that I would have for sure something. Yes. A, a teammate. And I tell Seth a lot of the time, like a great deal of my confidence comes from the fact that I know that regardless of how I fuck up in my life, I'm OK because I've still got a family. Yes. I'm going to be all right. We're, mm-hmm. we're a thing and we'll figure it out. Right. And um, so rather than thinking of your, your incomplete in that you're not worth anything alone, um, more like the way that you grow into something that feels more truly you when you're with the person or people who bring out the best in you mm-hmm. and make you your best self. Yes. So that's the way we're thinking of it. When you think I'm half a person, it's really I'm not reaching my full potential. Um, I don't know how to say it in a way that I just I just want to validate I, the experience of being a person without a partner, without a partner. Yes. And how you're completely fine and great and and all the things that you need to be valid and whole in yourself. And right. it's OK. Yeah. yeah. And if that's the way that you want to live your life, then you're finished. And, and that's okay. Like, and I'm that's happy perfect. for you. And so like, happy. It's absolutely great. Um, but if that's not the way that you want to live your life, that's also fine. And mm-hmm. and here's a here's and, a pretty story about that. Yes. So just just to say that, I don't want to negate that choice or no. that preference or that life because it's it's all completely valid. It is. This is a chunk I'm going to read a little bit of because it's so beautiful. Oh, another thing I learned from reading Symposium is that I didn't know the use of this word. Um, posy, as you and I know, is like a flower. Yeah. Posy was also like a person who made poems. Oh, okay. <laughs> like a person who says, who does poems and lives with poetry and is a poetic. They're so a, a poet, a but not a poet, a posy. Cute as hell. I love that um, so much. This is very poetic. We're going to get some posy vibes, and I wanted to read it to you. It says, um, and when one of them meets with his other half, so we're talking, like, will these half people find each other? When one of them meets with his other half, the actual half of himself, 
Whether he be a lover of youth or a lover of another sort, the pair are lost in amazement of love and friendship and intimacy, and one will not be out of the other's sight, as I may say, even for a moment. These are the people who pass their whole lives together. Isn't that cool? I love that. I really loved it. That's so, like, <laughs> that's so beautifully, like, it spoken is. there. Oh, it says, um... For the intense yearning which each of them has toward the other does not appear to be the desire of the lover's intercourse, but of something else which the soul of either individually desires and cannot tell, and of which she has only a dark and doubtful presentment. So um, it's beyond uh, a physical sexual affection, Mm -hmm. even. It's like what, what brings us together is something that's so much that they don't have the words for it. This is so beautiful. All of this is so beautiful. So then he goes into this thing talking about a for instance Mm -hmm. and talking about, um, say, Hephaestus comes upon these two when they're laying next to each other. And Hephaestus is um, the god of uh, he's Vulcan, Hephaestus Vulcan, same person. So he's the god of the forge. Mm -hmm. He's got the hots for Aphrodite, but he's real ugly. And um, he makes all the good tools and incredible weapons. This is Hephaestus. Big, strong, burly. Uh, what, do you, what do you call the person who makes things out of metal? Um, oh, my gosh. Oh, with my a, gosh. With a forge and a uh, hammer. It's, and a, um, oh, geez. Blacksmith. Yes. <laughs> Damn. Girl, again, have a hard time coming up with words. Real complicated. <laughs> I try to, like, what are all the words I'm going to forget? And mm-hmm. write them in the margins. Wouldn't have thought blacksmith was on the list. Nope. <clears throat> but it was. <laughs> So he says, uh, he's doing this, for instance, and in my brain, as I was reading it, I thought these would be like saying what Hephaestus says to these two people would be perfect for a person who was like officiating a wedding to say to them. Uh It's really So imagine that while you're imagining this conversation. So he comes up to the two of them lying side by side and he says, what do you people want of one another? And um They don't know what to say. And he says, do you desire to be holy one always day and night to be in one another's company? For if this is what you desire, I am ready to melt you into one and let you grow together so that being two, you shall become one. And while you live, live a common life as if you were a single man. And after your death in the world below, still be one departed soul instead of two. I ask whether this is this is what you lovingly live. Sorry. That's hard. I ask whether this is what you lovingly desire and whether you are satisfied to attain. I just got chills. Right. And then I'd be like, yep. (laughs) I want that. Please for me. (laughs) (laughs) He says there's not a man of them who, when he heard the proposal, would deny or would not acknowledge that this meeting and melting into one another, this becoming one instead of two was the very expression of his ancient need. And the reason is that human nature was originally one and we were a whole and the desire and pursuit of the whole is called love. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's really pretty. It really is. (laughs) I I might have to have you send me all of these because there's some that I might have to print off and just... It's really, it's lovely. Um, Symposium in itself is only like, I think, 150 pages. That's not bad at all. It is not long. And if you're, if you've read any classic literature before, um, it'll be easy for you to get through. 
if that kind of language is a little more foreign to you, uh, read it on a Kindle so you can push on. You can cl- I click on their names a lot. Mm-hmm. Their names get complicated. It's, co- it's so it's difficult to remember who's who, especially when yeah. I'm trying to pronounce them over and over again. Right. So um, when you read on a Kindle, you can push on their names and it'll bring up who they are. Well, maybe this will be my homework for the week. I'll read that book. It's very lovely. Some of them get like raucous and hilarious. I love that. There's one part where this guy shows up. <laughs> so Socrates is sitting next to the guy whose house it is. I can't remember his name. And it's they're kind of lovers. And historically, the guy whose house it is is a drag queen. OK. So in different plays, they talk about how he dresses like a lady and speaks in an effeminate voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two of them we think are lovers. OK. Socrates and the host. OK. And this dude shows up who is famously a lover of a bunch of really hot soldiers and shit. Yeah. And um, he walks in and everybody's like, this guy's getting dick. And it's it's known. Yeah. And it's said to be that during war, he's their commander. And after the war, he's their wife. Very so nice. This man is all of the manly things. Mm-hmm. So he walks in and sits right between Socrates and his boyfriend. Nice. And he starts flirting like crazy <laughs> with Socrates. And he's like, Socrates can't handle it if I compliment anybody in the room but him. And he's like, what are you saying? You're embarrassing me. (laughs) And he says to his boyfriend person, like, make him stop. Make him stop. It just like gets real salacious. Just big, big, full flirts. I love this. Hilarious. And it's so funny because these are like these wise men Mm -hmm. and they're just getting silly. I you gotta take a break (laughs) that's something i found so interesting about this um and i love it in classical literature um what we were talking the other day i recently read achilles oh i'm sorry called song of achilles Uh about um this the love story of achilles and patroclus and they really don't they don't make a fuss over homosexuality yeah it just is yeah and i really enjoy that because that's true that's very true um but in in symposium some of them go even further to say like women are shitty at love they don't get it (laughs) real love is only understood by men and the truest love is um the most masculine form between a man and a man Mm. because they really get it and women are just lustful and it talks about how it's fine you know some people like some men like women whatever some women like men they're gross (laughs) Some women like women. That's fine. But men who like men are real lovers. Okay. They get it. They have profound emotional relationships. Okay. And it's like, well, geez, I always say I'm the best at everything, too. I guess. I guess. (laughs) Um, But it's pretty the way they talk about it. Um, In fact, and they also talk about love in... As a one person being the lover and the other being the beloved. Okay. And the lover, um, there's Greek words for them too. Aromenoi is the one who um, loves the other one more, the beloved. And the beloved is usually the prettier one or the fancier one. Um, But they both love each other a lot. It's not a one-sided relationship, but, Mm -hmm. but they have these two different names, the lover and the beloved. Just really sweet. Somebody should get that on the inside of their wedding rings. Lover and beloved. Oh my God, they should. Tender as fuck. It would be. (laughs) I would really like that. And if you do, please send me a picture. I'd really like to know about it. Congratulations on your love. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Okay. So I thought, I just thought that was really cool. So a lot of these, um, two halves of people coming together, um, um, they could be any kind of people. And Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that idea. So they don't, they don't set aside that if you want to make more people, um, ladies are involved, but that's whatever. That's not about love. That's about making families. And that's, that's that's not even about making families. That's just about like new people, new people on new the people. earth. Yeah. Right. And, and while that's necessary for people to continue to be, that's not what love is. No. Um, love can do that. It can. And that can but, be a part of love. That's not the end all be all of but love. They're, they're not linked that way. Right. For, for these people, which I enjoyed a lot. Yeah. Because even in heterosexual couples, not everybody can make babies physically. Right. And I think it's fine that we allow for all those kinds of things or I mean, People can present and live or physically be all different kinds of ways. And that doesn't allow or preclude them from finding love or a soulmate. Like it just, those things are, and they're separate from the person that you love because that's not your body. That's your soul. Right. And I appreciate that a lot. I do too. Because it just feels much more real Mm -hmm. um, and much more substantial. The longer you live in a body, the more you realize that shit's not dependable. No, not at all. Zero <laughs> percent. It's what it is. It's just we have bodies. We hope they make it through. We'll try to glue them back together the best that we can. Mm-hmm. But who you are, your identity is so much more than your physical form. Right. And I think that the people who we love, we're not. I mean, maybe if they have a nice body to look at, we like touching it. That's right. cool. But what I love about the people I love is who they are. Exactly. And that has little to do with the outside of you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's meaningful. It also, I think, has a lot to do with why people always talk about the eyes of the person that they love as being so attractive. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's really the only part of you physically that feels like it's really you. I think that that makes sense. You know, like... Like the way that we pretend that we can see into each other's eyes mm-hmm. and it feels like it's real. Right. That is, yeah. it, it is like a huge connection part of anything when yeah. you're conversing, when you're honestly, when you're doing anything, mm-hmm. looking into each other's eyes like that is a huge feeling of connection. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's a secret. It is. Maybe there's a soul in there. There might be. We don't know. All right. Let me tell you a couple more things that they say. Mm-hmm. He says, um, Who's telling this story again? Aristophanes goes on to say, for if we are friends of the God, he's talking about love and at peace with him, we shall find our own true loves, which rarely happens in this world at present. And I was like, that's fucking true. (laughs) It rarely happens in this world at present. Yeah. And I believe that if our loves were perfectly accomplished, we all found our other half and each one returning to his primeval nature and his original true love, then our race would be happy. Wherefore, if we would praise him who has given to us the benefit, we must praise the God of love, who is our greatest benefactor, both leading us in this life back to our own nature and giving us high hopes for the future. For he promises that if we are pious, he will restore us to our original state and heal us and make us happy. That is, I just, this has given me chills the entire time. 
I'm like, I, there have been a few times where just you reading this has brought me close to tears. <laughs> it's very moving. It is. Um, and I get, I mean, we all love love so much. Mm-hmm. And maybe that has something to do with it. Um, yeah, something else that I thought was really interesting is that um, Plato is one of the first moral philosophers. And a lot of the foundations of world religions, as we know them modernly, um, are set to stem from the first moral philosophers. Mm-hmm. So when we're reading things that they wrote, it's easy for me, especially in that last paragraph, to think, oh, somebody read that and they were like, let's say that was what Jesus. Yeah, yes. And, and, mm-hmm. it'll, and it'll make sense. So um, I've always connected a great deal with mythology. I think it's so cool. I I'm do too. into everyone's mythos. I Same. just really want to know a lot about where, you, where we think we came from and why we believe what we do and, and the people that we we believe we have to thank for all those things mm-hmm. um and i mean maybe it's because i grew up christian and was really participating in a lot of mythos myself right <laughs> so it felt natural <laughs> yes <laughs> it was hard on my mom she didn't love mythology super a lot mm-hmm. doesn't like referring to anyone else as a god okay um if you think it's all pretend though it's really just a wash it is just in case you were wondering about a solution for that feeling that- does fix it yep (laughs) sure does you know what and it gives you an opportunity to pick the things that are beautiful to you Mm -hmm. which i really enjoyed same same nice um i wrote a couple notes let me see if there's anything else i wanted to say just how they think boys are better than girls so even in a world where we're not caring about sexuality we're still going hard for misogyny (laughs) what the hell That's, that's where my brain went i was like really it's hurtful. It's so hurtful. If you would just let a girl have a pen, maybe they could tell you they were smart too. Seriously. Just saying, Plato. <laughs> um, so from the word um from Plato comes platonic. Okay. And we were talking a little bit earlier about platonic soulmates. Yes. And he'll go on in other works to talk about the same thing. He'll talk about platonic in in a way that can be more physical, sexual than we would. Mm-hmm. Um but still a different kind of love than like a romantic love. Okay. So he's able to separate the person that you maybe like also fool around with, but is your dear, dear friend. Mm-hmm. And is that bad? Who am I to say? No. My, it, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I think there's space in our lives for all kinds of love. If exactly. we need it to be, mm-hmm. if we, if we feel safe and desire those things, then we should get to have them. Mm-hmm. So, um, but basically what he says about a soulmate in general, romantic or platonic, is a love that goes beyond understanding. So a connection to a person where you think, I don't even know anymore. Mm-hmm. I just know it is. Yeah. And that this is where I belong. And I think that's really I do too. <laughs> I, you, yep, I'm reading that. It's I'm going to be reading beautiful. that. I... I'm really sad we're about to start another book for book club. I better read this one fast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That was, I'm so glad that was a topic for this week. Me too. I really enjoyed it. That just, this brought joy into my life. Super uplifting. Mm -hmm. Like I got joy. I got joy after getting past the bullshit on mine and getting (laughs) to the like higher level. This, this is the beauty of this. And then hearing Mm -hmm. that, like, I don't know. I think. Yeah. I think in times like lately where a lot of stuff feels 
scary and hard and there's a lot of anger and there's a lot of just angry, hurtful thoughts and fear and fear and focusing back instead for just just a minute on something like this. Mm -hmm. That's a really nice, beautiful reprieve. And go ahead and acknowledge that it's just as real as everything else. Exactly. That if you have people in your life who you love and love you. That's that's real. That's mm-hmm. solid. That's actual. You've the, got that. The anger and hate and fear of the world does not ever take that away. Nope. It's really nice. It is. And maybe it's true that nobody's bent for anybody else. But I think it's also incredibly true that when we experience life together, it glues us tighter and tighter. It does. And so if you even if you don't believe that there's a soulmate, a one person for you out there in the world, I don't know that I do. Um, you can go ahead and make them. Exactly. You can and that, foster your love with the people who fit you just right. Mm-hmm. And you'll fit tighter and tighter. Forever. Exactly. That would be really great. Yes. What's cooler than love? Maybe nothing. Maybe nothing. I'm such a big fan. I am too. I really am too. I think it really is like the building block for the good things mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. Love with your friends. Love with your family. Love with your dog. Yes. Even your cat. I've I've never had a cat, but I believe it's real too. It it is a real love. She (laughs) may not love that I, again, touch Brian, but otherwise we're all good. (laughs) It's just, it's really wonderful. And I, and I do feel that that's incredibly true that when you have a person that you can trust with your whole heart, that you're just, you're safer. Yes. And you can go out into the world and be something really big. I think I think you said it perfectly when you were when you were like, it doesn't matter how much I fuck up. I can come home and my person for you, Seth, for me, Brian, my person will still love me and accept me. Like mm-hmm. if or at I, least try real hard, or try like <laughs> like, well, and I think I think the important part is, is like we found each other in a way where we know our fuck ups aren't going to be fuck ups that are mm-hmm. catastrophic. Yeah. But like we can fuck up in a way that makes us feel broken and like I don't know I I just know that I can always come home and Brian's not gonna be like oh you failed that test oh Mm -hmm. you didn't do that thing at work right like you were hoping you would and you crashed and burned I still I still love you nothing's changed there this is still your home this is still your home this is still Mm -hmm. this is still the same this doesn't change wait wait cool it is and when you when you survive something like that, a fuck up or a really hard thing or just go through a difficult time mm-hmm. and that person saw you through it. I feel like when when something else is difficult for me, when I just know that Seth knows. Right. And nobody else knows. Mm-hmm. And so when I say, you know, you know, something small happens and I come home and I say to him, it hurt me more than it should have. He knows my life and experience. Yes. So he can say, he can help me through that and say, maybe it hurt you more because of this thing that we went through together. Exactly. And nobody else knows those things about me. Right. And I feel like he knows. And, and I hope this is true for everyone who has a partner or um, whatever sort of soulmate you end up with in your life that, that they see you at the, very best and very worst of yourself yes and somehow it's just all s'mores to them they mm-hmm. just squish graham crackers around you and it's just a delicious but yes you know 
Love that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, once you squish a s'more together, you can't take all the chocolate and marshmallows out anymore. No, you can't. They just are. Exactly. And, and I mean, we're like that. Our good and our bad are just stuck together. Stuck together. Just melted like you can't, that. You can't break it apart. And it's nice when people will take us just the way we are. It really is. It's and honestly, beautiful. everybody deserves that. They do. They really do. Yeah. So I hope that you find a best friend or um, an old neighbor lady that you thought was maybe a witch or a partner or just whoever who touches your soul and hooks you together and takes you as a s'more makes you feel complete just the way that you are yeah i think i want it i want that for everybody me too such a good feeling it is i think the world would be a better place if everybody got to experience that feeling Mm -hmm. you see it even in people's relationships where you're like i don't even know what what were they thinking (laughs) when they got together these people don't belong Mm -hmm. and then you see them doing that together just taking the whole smushed garbage thing and loving it. And it's like, oh, I, well, I get it now. I get it now. It makes sense now. They might be weirdos, but they have that. And that makes it magic. Exactly. Makes it work. Yes. Really pretty. Okay. So, um, go, go kiss your soulmate on the mouth. See if it's weird. See if it's cool. Give it a shot. I'm excited. (laughs) Maybe it's strange. If it is, don't do it again after that. Kiss your soulmate on the mouth with consent. Uh, that's the important first step. Um, hop on our socials. Tell us how it went. Yeah. <laughs> Want to hear your stories. <laughs> yeah. And hop on our socials anyways. Go yeah. follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. And Twitter. At Fabulous Pod. Yes. It will be on Facebook, it won't be the app Fabulous Pod. It will be just Fabulous Podcast, I believe is what okay. I've called it, just because it's there's no like handle there. Right, yeah. Um, but come see our page. Come hang out with us. It'll be great. It will be. We're excited to meet all of you. We are. I want to hear all of your stories, too. Mm-hmm. More stories. Yes. Great news. Thanks, everybody.